Third and four for the Eagles here. Murphy in shotgun. Here's the snap. He rolls left. He throws. This is the WZBC Sports Podcast, Episode 2. My name is Stephen Mackley. I'm joined by my good friend and colleague for this weekend's game at Virginia Tech from Lane Stadium, Scott Hill, talking about some Virginia Tech, BC football, and how the Eagles line up for this game this weekend. So, Scott, thanks for joining me. Steve, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be a part of this podcast. And I'm looking forward to talking about this game against Virginia Tech. Yeah, Scott, it's it's a great game. Um, so we know the Eagles have already kicked off ACC play. Uh, in the, the opener against Georgia Tech in Ireland, tough loss. But some things to build on from that game. We come off this past weekend, win uh, at Gillette against UMass. So we're seeing some positives. We're seeing what this team can be. Can we guarantee that that's what they're going to become? No. You know, there's, there's a lot of things. The play calling is still very conservative. Um, there's still some question marks. But there's some things to build on. And you and I have both been paying a lot of attention to Virginia Tech recently, trying to kind of read up on them, A, because we're, you know, we're broadcasting the game, which we're very excited about. It's going to be great. Um, but just to kind of understand this opponent, because this is a critical game for BC. I think we both agree that this game could set the tone for the rest of the ACC season. You win this one, you could come into the Clemson game at 4-1. and one. Things look a lot different. You get back on the board in, AC, in the ACC win column. So it's a critical game. I think you would agree. Yes, Steve. I think... This team, this Boston College team, has a very fragile psyche right now, going back to last season and really going back to the 2014 season with the way that ended up with the, the heartbreaking loss in the pinstripe bowl. This is a team that um, has had talent for years um, but has repeatedly fallen short, usually by close margins, um, in many cases heartbreaking fashions. And if they don't start winning games soon, I'm afraid the snowball effect could continue and they could lose confidence and another promising season could slip away from us. Because this team, you would agree, is good and can win these games, um, but a loss to Virginia Tech could potentially erode uh, erode the goodwill that they might have. Yeah, for sure. It could derail a lot of different things. So we're definitely looking to overcome that. And I think this team's ready. I do believe that this team is ready to take that next step. This is a big game. A tough place to play, but uh, I think we have some good insight into Virginia Tech, and we're going to bring them to you uh, in this podcast. Uh, I'm just talking about Virginia Tech and how they kind of relate to BC. So let's Scott, let's just get right into it. Um, you and I both intently watched uh, the battle at Bristol this past weekend. Virginia Tech against Tennessee at Bristol Motor Speedway in Tennessee. 156,000 people there. What what a game. What a spectacle. Um, but let's just talk about it. Overall thoughts on Virginia Tech in light of the battle at Bristol. We're going to talk about Justin Fuente, how he prepared the team. How do we think an ACC team, uh, at this point I'd say an ACC middle of the pack team compared to an SEC team, um, you know, and more some, some bigger thoughts on the ACC versus the ACC was something we talked about in the first podcast with John Kincaid from CBS Sports Radio. So from my perspective, Virginia Tech started off good. You know, it was a good start, 14-0, but Tennessee definitely was um, the better team. It was an awesome venue and a great game. We had a great time watching it. Virginia Tech brings a fun offense. Justin Fuente, I think, brings a, a good package. And they have some players that fit that offense really well, especially at the receiver position, which we'll get into. Um, Fuente said after the game that 
the t- he felt that his team almost couldn't believe that they were up 14 nothing. Like it was almost like they didn't believe that they could be there. Um and that's not good for confidence, but I do believe Tennessee was no doubt ba- no doubt better. Um despite the the fact that Virginia Tech had uh, eight penalties for 101 yards and five fumbles, nine fumbles on the season so nine turnovers I say on the season so far and five turnovers in the Tennessee game. But they did control time possession for by more than 3 minutes. They had more than 70 total yards. But again, I think Tennessee was the better team. So in light of this game, kind of what did you, what did the overall picture from for Virginia Tech? What do you think? What do you see from this team? Because they're a tough team to to kind of map out at this point in the season. Well, Steve, you're absolutely right about Virginia Tech starting off hot. They came out of the gates like bats out of hell. I think this is clearly a talented team. Gerard Evans, the quarterback, is a dynamic playmaker who did some great things in that first quarter against Tennessee and set a Tech record with four touchdown passes in the opener. You know, for a you know, for a guy playing his first game at Virginia Tech. Um, the running game is very talented with Trayvon McMillan. Obviously, they have tremendous receivers, and with Bud Foster as the defensive coordinator, uh, coordinator you know they're always going to have a good defense. So this is a good team, a, a team that might even win the Coastal this year, you know, and uh, always, you know, open uh, for grabs division. Coastal's, Coastal's up, up there this year. You, know, you really don't know who's going to come through. Every year, exactly. Um, the Coastal could be, you know, in anybody's uh, wheelhouse. So I think this is, a, you know, a good team, a talented team, a team that BC needs to take seriously, but not an overly poised team. I think this is a team that's subject to mental breakdowns, that certainly shrinked in the spotlight versus Tennessee. Tennessee has been super shaky to start the season. The SEC has been super shaky to start the season. Tennessee looked awful in the beginning. Virginia Tech had them on the ropes, and then Tech started getting in their own ways. The critical fumble that changed the course of the game, then the four subsequent fumbles that came after that, it was like Tech just, they couldn't keep their their, um, foot on the gas pedal. And even more than that, you know, the things that worked for them so well early on, running the ball and, you know, protecting and blocking the quarterback got away from them. uh, Gerard Evans got punished in the second half. That line completely let them down as the game wore on. Yeah, and good sign for BC because that front seven loves to get after it and and if that line is not holding up dry Evans is in for a long day on saturday but i think you're right i think it is a good team it's a team that has talent at some really key positions but when you look at this like this was the spectacle at least when they said they this game has been in the works for like six years yes and i think when they said it they're like all right tennessee is a, a you know a great sec team and they've, they've been down you know as you can speak to down by tennessee standards and at the time, Virginia Tech was certainly one of the powerhouses in the ACC, and they've taken a couple steps back, but they're still right there. They're not out of it yet. Um, and this was a good test kind of to see, like, where did the two conferences stand? And I think the SEC definitely proved that they're, they're the more confident conference. And Virginia Tech might have not been the best opponent to throw out there against the SEC. But I think you're right, they folded. And it looked like they, they stopped believing in themselves, um, and they weren't sure that they should be there. Like, how can we be, you know, and that's just not a good mindset. It's it's a young regime. Justin Fuente is, is only in his second game. Um, but it was definitely a team uh, that that has flaws, Got seemed to get worn out, and seemed to not really capture the spotlight. I mean, uh, Sam Rogers, their fullback and halfback, number 45, said, after the game, we didn't have a great week of practice. Like, he admitted that. So they might have been a little nervous for it. Um, and I think that can have overlying effects as we go into this week's game. I agree with you, Steve. And to highlight that point, you mentioned Sam Rogers. You know, when Virginia Tech was successful in the early going, Rogers was heavily involved, as was Isaiah, Isaiah Ford, their all-star receiver. But when, you know, the sledding got rough for Virginia Tech, they went away from these two players, and they got anxious, and they, st- you know, they stopped going to what worked. 
And then pretty soon they dug themselves a gigantic hole. Yeah, one that they couldn't recover out of. Um, but you talk about Isaiah Ford and the star power that resides in the receiving game for Virginia Tech. Isaiah Ford and Bucky Hodges, they're the premier targets. But you also have wide receiver Cam Phillips um, and tailback Sam Rogers, who who offers his, his own game you know, as a threat. In light of what we saw on Saturday against UMass from the BC secondary, what do you think about the defensive backs and how they can handle this a passing attack? I'm going to you know, start off by saying this is a good secondary BCS. The front seven is is where, I mean, those guys are just ferocious. They are just That's monsters. Butter. Um, but Will Harris had an interception um, against uh, UMass. Yidem forced a fumble. These guys, I think, learned a lot from having Justin Simmons, who was the third-round pick of the Broncos from this past year. They were not under him. Um, they're all sophomores who are above. John Johnson, the senior, brings a lot of experience. They're big, they're quick, and they play physical like the front seven. They're, not, they're obviously not as big. They're, they're D-backs, but they play physical. I think they should be good, and I think they'll be up to the challenge. But what do you think? In light of what we know about the BC secondary and these star receivers, I mean, Bucky Hodges is six seven. This guy has NFL size, and Isaiah Ford has NFL everything else. These guys are good. So what do you think? Well, it's definitely a good test, Steve, but I think BC is up to the challenge, and I'll tell you why. So you mentioned you know, some of our defensive backs that are – well regarded. You mentioned Will Harris had a good game. Well, in addition to the interception, he had some great hits. He can come up to the line and play, and he's also got great feet and, you know, in the open field can contest those balls. But, you know, to combat Bucky Hodges, um, Bucky Hodges' size, we have, you know, six foot four Gabe McCleary, a gigantic defensive back on his own right. And John Johnson is certainly going in the NFL, so I think he's up to the challenge. And then I think the pass rush is going to be so dominant for BC against Virginia Tech that I don't think Evans is going to be able to go through his reads, get through his progressions, and make good use of these receivers who are certainly going to be well covered by BC's stifling st- secondary. Yeah, I think that leads us into this next point, which is which is a big one. BC's front seven is is all that people thought they could be and more after two games, after they were so good last season, even lost some of those guys. Scott, these guys are just ferocious, and it's in the best way. Gerard Evans looked uncomfortable after the first quarter against Tennessee. He started confident and looked uncomfortable after that. What do you think should be the game plan to get him off his game? I mean, five fumbles for the Hokies in the second game. They have nine turnovers on the season, four that were committed against the FCS team Liberty in the first week. I would think that stripping the ball would be in the Eagles' mindset, much like they did against Notre Dame last season, forcing those like five turnovers against Notre Dame, which was just amazing. That was clearly the game plan. Like we're going to strip these guys, and and they did it really well. So, I mean, I would think that these these front seven, especially after a line that looked tired, are, are you know excited about this week. Definitely, and I think Harold Landry being healthy yeah. mm-hmm. and at full impact is going to make a big deal for the Eagles. And I think after having so much success against UMass and destroying you know their quarterback. I think BC is going to be especially confident and poised and ready to go. And I don't think BC needs to bring too many extra defenders in the pass rush. They don't need to blitz too much in order to really get a pass rush going. I think for the most part, they can just bring four or five and get pretty good pressure um, and still have guys back in the secondary to take away the longer throws and then to play up. Um, So I think BC is going to get the pressure and the pressure is going to throw off the entire rhythm of the passing game and route what I expect will be a dominant defensive effort by the Eagles. Yeah, I think the defense sets up well for this week. I think they set up well for every week. But, um, you know, a quote from Adazio after the game on Will Harris, which I think kind of speaks to the whole defense. Adazio said about Will Harris, he's a talented guy now. He has a chance to be a big-time player. He's really good. We knew that he, we knew this coming in. He had a really good player in Justin Simmons, as I mentioned. Uh, but we knew this guy had a really high end here. He can run. He's good against the run. He's good against the pass. 
He's real physical. He's a really good football player. He and John Johnson are two quality, quality players. I mean, and that's that's obviously, you know, coach speaking well of his players, but I think it speaks to these aren't, you know, just your cover, cover D backs. You're not just your cover they, they they get up, they love to hit, they love to play physical, they're big. And you pair that with the front seven. Um, I think Virginia Tech, you know, definitely um He's got a lot to prepare for, um, and it's it seems that no one's been able to figure out this defense. I mean, even with the new era of Jim Reed and Don Brown's, you know, gone at Michigan, uh, these guys just love to get after it. It's, for, it's just the bottom line. Yeah, and you look at UMass's seven points. They got one lucky defensive breakdown. That's where that came from. Yeah, and I don't think there's going to be any lucky defensive breakdowns this upcoming week. I think BC's going to be fully dialed in, fully focused, and I think this is going to be a dominant effort by the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. So let's. Um, you know, let's kind of talk, let's, you know, further elaborate on this. You know, Scott, you're a Tennessee fan, you know, grew up a fan. Um, can you speak a little bit to what this Tennessee offense does well? And, you know, what do they do well against this Virginia Tech defense? You know, does BC's offense, um, you know, excuse me. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about defense first. So what do you think about what Tennessee brings on offense? Um and, you know, how do they attack uh, Virginia Tech? You know, what, 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 should, what should, you know, the defense be looking out for, I guess? Well, this year's Tennessee team is a little bit different from last year's, which could just bang the ball up the middle in the run game and have great success. Um, Tennessee's still getting their offensive line figured out, so their run game was a little shaky, except for some great quarterback draws that they ran. I thought, you know, where Tennessee had big success was in their deep passes. They threw some bombs to Josh Malone, which were caught for touchdowns, and which was strikingly similar to the bombs that Patrick Tolles was throwing to Jeff Smith yes. in the game against UMass. Yes. So I expect the deep ball to be working for BC. I think BC's going to hammer away with Hillman and uh, you know hand the ball off to Miles Willis and kind of loosen up the, the Virginia Tech defense a little bit, and then they're going to go deep. They're going to go deep against Jeff Smith, and it's going to work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let's talk about this Virginia Tech defense. You mentioned Bud Foster. He runs a 4-2-5 with these guys. This is what Adazio had to say about that defense. Quote, pressure, 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 man coverage, man, zero man, man free, pressure. He attacks what you do, finds your formational tendencies, your personnel grouping tendencies, and comes with a lot of pressure. It's been the same for years. So BC's going to have to get used to it. going to have to get the ball out. And we saw Patrick Tolles. Guy looks really good, but he doesn't he doesn't get fully through his reads. And you like to kind of see him be a little more patient. That could be tough against this pressure. But, man, there were some strikes this, this week. I mean, Tolles is a legit quarterback. Jeff Smith. Speed, it's the that's the word, and he's got hands to go with that. I mean, he's made the transition really flawlessly. And you look at Jeff Smith. We talked about this a little bit when we were watching the game at Saturday. There's some depth at this receiver position for the Eagles. I mean, you know, like you you got guys like Greg Stroman, who's you know quick, and you know some other D backs on Virginia Tech. But this BC receiving core, you know, brings something that people might have not thought about. Yeah, before there, the season. There are good receivers who are not getting playing time right now. Yeah, and, you, and then you look at the guys that are getting playing time are also really good, you know? So that there's, a, there's a lot to look forward to. I, I like what I've seen from Tolls. How about you? Absolutely. I think Tolls has been, and you, and you knew right from the start of that Georgia Tech game, this was a different BC team than we saw last year. There appears to be direction in the huddle. He can make all the throws, which wasn't always the case before. Um, he has a level of chemistry with his receivers, especially with Jeff Smith, who is also good in the Georgia Tech game. Yeah. But I think Tolls, you know, he's got the leadership. We saw him yelling and rallying his teammates on the sidelines of the UMass games. He can run. He's physical. He's also smart. You know, prone to the occasional, you know, lapse in judgment, throw an interception, but, you know, isn't everybody. And sure. that's just him getting, you know, familiar with the offense and his teammates. But I think 
he looked better against UMass than he did Georgia Tech, so we got better last week, and I expect him to get better this week. I think this is going to be a big game for Tolls. But, Steve, real quick, let's let's rewind to the Virginia Tech game last year, which BC lost by a score of 26-10. to 10, yep. yeah. But it was actually much closer than that because it was just one uh, scoop and score fumble. Yeah. That was the big difference in that game. Yeah. So you got to figure BC is much better this year than last year, you agree. Oh. And last year, you know, frankly, they were in the game. Yeah, no, I broadcasted that game uh, for WZBC Sports, and it was a tough game to watch. You know, because you just thought like the BC defense is there, and they're making mistakes in the offense, and like, you know, it's right there, and you can beat them. And Virginia Tech was a beatable team last year; that would have been a big win for us, but you know, it didn't happen. And yeah, you're right. There, you know, there was that big turnover that cost them. Um, but you know, like I just kind of want to keep emphasizing to people, and I emphasized this in the first podcast that the offense is just so much better. There's so many steps ahead, so many things that are in place, and I think that this team can put up points. I mean, we put up 26 against UMass, and Say what you want about that, but there's 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 potential there. I mean, UMass it's not they're not a bad team. Like I mean, they're not on BC's level, but they're not a joke. And they came in and played hard. They were up for that game, and I think this this we, offense we, we we beat them better than Florida did. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. We we beat them down. Um, and Florida's good. Florida destroyed Kentucky this past weekend. Yeah yeah. Patrick Toll is on honor. You know where he came from. Um, so yeah. So this is this is a team that has talent. I mean, you look at the receivers are surprisingly you know surprising us in in really great ways, and you still guys. So have guys like Thad Smith and Elijah Robinson who aren't getting as much time, but are great threats in their own way. John yes. Hillman is is starting off slow as well. Once he gets going, once this line starts gets gelling, I mean, Adazio keeps saying he wants to run for 200 yards a game. That might be a lot, but if that's the goal and this team thinks that's realistic, pair that with the passing attack that I think Tolls can explore if they open up the playbook. There's something. There's potential here. I'm not saying we're going to be in the college football playoff, but there's potential. I really there's absolutely it. potential. And Hillman's the kind of back where. He 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 wears the defense down, and he, I think he's more effective late in games than he is in the beginning, mm-hmm. because they get sick of tackling him. And you saw it last year where he you know where he wore down Northern Illinois and had a big second half. You saw it in games in 2014, and you saw it with the late touchdown against UMass, where it was like finally after he kept chopping away and the tree tree fell down. So I think. You're right. There's a lot of potential here in the run game as well as the pass game. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a good week. You know, Scott, so let's look at the whole picture here. Lane Stadium, which is where we're traveling to, it's as loud as it gets. Um, and it's a it's a primetime-ish kickoff at 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, do you think the Eagles are ready to win this one and, and get, you know, get back um, – into AC pl- ACC play with a win, you know, and and again, that's a question we've kind of overarched this whole this whole time. But let's just you know really say like this is a, this is a big moment, you know. The game's on ESPNU. Uh, we're super excited to be being there because it, it, it's a big game. This road game, you knock off Virginia Tech on the road, one of the toughest places to play, and then you presumably you can say after this week we're going to be four and one against Clemson. Clemson's looked very beatable with only a six point win over Troy. This is this is a game, Scott. I really believe it. So what do you think? What do you think about the chances this week? Steve, is this team ready to play, ready to win? I think this this team is going to win. I think they're absolutely dying to win this game. I think this is a team that knows how how much potential it has, that knows that it can be good, um, that is sick um, and starving for this win. 
I think, you know, this is a team dating back to uh, the end of 2014 has had, you know, a bitter taste in its mouth about the way some of the games have gone for it. It's dying to show the world that it can play good football, get back on track in the ACC. And I think BC players covet opportunities to play in big-time atmospheres in great stadiums like this. They don't always get great attendance at alumni. They, you know, they relish opportunities to play in front of these crowds. I think they're going to be fully ready, and I think – all of their attention is going to be, you know, devoted on taking this game, and I think they're going to. I think this is going to be a statement for BC football. Yeah, Scott, I, I think it can be. And you brought to my attention before we recorded this podcast um, something that you would call some bulletin board material. Um, so I'm going to read this quote. So this is from uh, the Gobbler Country, which is Virginia Tech's uh, SB Nation page. It's a good, it's a good SB Nation blog. I, I read it pretty often. Um, you know, kind of checking in for this game. It's a good one. So this was an article kind of as a, as a you know, overall light, in, in light of the um, battle at Bristol and kind of what happened. Make themselves feel better. Yeah. So, so I'm going to read this quote. So this start, this, this, the fumble that they're talking about in this quote um, is uh, the first fumble that kind of derailed um, Virginia Tech. So, quote, after the fumble, the Hokies looked completely lost. And the offensive rhythm in the first quarter was a distant memory. Evans was under some serious heat for the last 45 minutes of the game. He performed admirably, but it was akin to bailing thimbles of water in the Titanic. Much too little, much too late. The blame game can go on forever, but all the Hokies need is a serious reality reality check. We are undefeated in the conference. Now, let me point out they haven't played a conference game yet, so that's a bit misleading. A little bit. Back, on the, false qu- advertising. <laughs> back yes. on to the quote, though. We are undefeated in the Coastal. The Hokies kick off the ACC slate this weekend against Boston College. We will beat them by 30. That's going to happen, end quote. Now, you and I are BC fans. We're BC students. You know, I mean, so that's... Enthusiasts. Let's start there. Yeah, we're big fans. What team, even Alabama, is beating this team by 30, let alone putting 30 up on this team? Scott, this defense is phenomenal they are scary guys that love to play football and hit hard Who, who's putting up 30 let alone beating them by 30 i can't guarantee a win nobody is but like that's just a that's just a a, a stupid misleading quote um it is. And, and i think it's a great bulletin board it's material. disrespectful and ignorant yeah definitely so uh, so th- things like this you know hopefully bc does a little snooping around and kind of feels out um you know, I, Steve, I think this is going to play perfectly into BC's hands and support my theory that we're going to whoop them because I think this is probably what Tech players are telling each other. You know, they come after the Tennessee game, they're crying into each other's arms and bawling, and one player says to the other, "Hey, buck up, man! Don't worry, we got BC next week. Easy, we've already won. You know, we're going to win by thirty. It's going to happen." But they don't know what they're getting into. And meanwhile, our guys, you know, we're not celebrating the UMass win. We're not, you know, crying tears of joys and freaking out all night. Um, you know, our guys are, they're focused, they're pissed off, they're hungry, they're ready to win, they're, they know they're capable of winning. Patrick Poles is going to will them to this victory. The defense is not going to let the Virginia Tech score 20, let alone 30. Um, they don't know what they're getting into, and I think they're going to be shocked once they play this team. No, Scott, I agree. I don't, think they, I don't think they know what they're getting themselves into, because I think as good as the defense was last year, it just wasn't paired up with the leadership or the confidence on the other side of the ball. It just wasn't. The offense just wasn't good enough to match the defense. I've said it all over and over again, Patrick Tolles is a leader. We saw it at the UMass game, rallying up the offensive linemen, all the offensive linemen, not even some of the guys that were playing. 
The, the, the receivers love him. Scott, they would go out after class in the summer when no one was here. We have Thad, Elijah, Jeff, all these guys, and Darius and Patrick Tolles. They go out and they throw passes all night. These guys are confident and they're led by a leader. This defense is going to come in hungry, and this offense has a leader that's going to that's going to rally the troops on the other side of the ball. You know, Coach Adazio said um, in preparation for this game, um, "quote This is going to be a really tough place to play. As you know, it's very difficult to go into a place like that and win. We are fortunate enough a few years ago to go in and do that. It's very difficult." End quote. So you know, this is such a different mentality. Like you know, they know they're they know this is an important game. They're coming in hungry. And you got people, you know, on the Virginia Tech side of the ball. Maybe not the players, but on the, you know, that side of the country that's kind of saying, like, we're going to win by 30, you know, no doubt about it. They don't know what they're getting into. This is going to be a mess. It was a hard win for them last year, but the score is deceiving. They've already forgotten. This year, the offense is actually potent. We're focused. We look good. We can kick now. How about Mike Nolan? Mike Nolan looking good. Looking that's with, a weapon. Yeah, looking with a lot of confidence. Um, super excited to see what he's doing. Mike was even called into the uh, press conference after the game. You don't see the kicker do that much, you know, too much. I think Mike's going to build off that confidence. Um, and uh, you know, I could, you know, if we need a field goal, I, I, I do believe in the guy. Um, so there's there's a lot to look forward to this week. I know you and I are super excited to be going down there. It's going to be a great time. Can't wait. Like you said, Steve, it's an excellent environment. You know, one of the coolest environments in all of college football. A storied program, a great game day. I think a 3.30 kickoff is ideal. You get, you know, it's going to be a nice fall weather. You're going to be in Blacksburg. It's still going to be light out. We're going to be able to see what's going on. It's going to be fabulous. I can't be more excited. Yeah, I'm really excited too. So, you know, we hope that this kind of catches you up on what you expect from Virginia Tech, rallies you up, gets you excited for this game. It's a really big game on the road as we start our ACC road schedule. So that's going to do it for the second ever WCBC Sports Podcast. Last comment comment from you, Scott? Well, Steve, if you might remember, if if we prevail on Saturday... And at this point, I virtually guarantee it. I fully believe we're going to win. I love the confidence. It would be our last conference win since the last time we beat Virginia Tech in 2014. At, at, at Lane Stadium. At Lane Stadium. It's going to be an exciting week. So, you know, we hope you're, you're enjoying these WZBC Sports Podcasts. This is going to do it for the second episode. A lot of good stuff to come. A really phenomenal guest coming up soon on the next podcast or the one after that. So keep it tuned here. If you're a BC fan, you're going to want to hear this one, and I can promise you that. So that's going to do it. Hope this catches you up on the game this week and kind of what to expect from Virginia Tech. A lot of talented players, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but we think the Eagles can take them take them down in Lane Stadium and come back home with a win. It's going to do it for this week. Steve Mackley, Scott Hill, signing off. See you next time on WZBC Sports Podcast. Santini, make a nice little pass over to Sanford. Sanford gives it to Tuck. Tuck with a shot. Oh! Top scores, Eagles win. The Eagles have won the 2016 Seedbot Championship. Catch all the excitement of Boston College Athletics right here on WZBC Newton 90.3 FM. As BC's only student radio broadcasting organization, WZBC Sports brings a different viewpoint of college athletics to the table. Our student commentators know the campus, student-athlete culture, and latest beat on the teams like no other media outlet, thanks to our dedicated coverage of Boston College sports. Check out our broadcast or weekly talk show schedules at www.wzbcsports.com and get a refreshing take on sporting events at the Heights and beyond.